So you maybe didn't know this, but the last month, a lot of churches have celebrated Advent. Advent is that season that we have four weeks to prepare for the coming of the birth of the baby Jesus. But in America, we do something different with the month before Christmas. We shop. Am I right? That's what we do. And so you're going to hear the word gift a lot in this message. That's why we got these things all over up here. We're going to talk about the big gift, the big give. God is at work, and what is it that God is doing at Christmas? That's what we're going to talk about. When I was a kid, there was this this awkward time between dinner on Christmas Eve and the good stuff, the presents. And that awkward time was when the oldest grandchild had to read the Christmas story. I was the oldest child that could read for a while in our house. Willow was this year. And I realize the more I get older and the more that I understand what Christmas is all about, that's the good stuff. Reading the Christmas story is the good stuff. So whoever's idea that was, was an awful good one in our family all those years ago. There's two passages in the New Testament that really share the story of Christmas. One is in Matthew 2, the other is in Luke 2. Uh, Luke 2 is the one that's probably more more well-known. I'm going to read it for you, starting in the first verse of the second chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Here it is. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee to the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in that same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased, with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. That's what we're here doing today is we're glorifying and praising God for the gift of the baby Jesus. The fact is, though, an awful lot of us have spent the last month thinking about these kind of gifts, haven't we? Well, we think about shopping. We, we think about how, who we're going to get gifts for, and we make lists, and we make budgets. <laughs> and we figure out where we're going to get the sales and where we can find them, and if we can order them online and get them here in time. And there's basically two kinds of shoppers. They're those last-minute crisis shoppers, am I right? Typically, your budget doesn't mean very much because you just got to get it done. And then there's those people I don't understand. Those people whose Christmas shopping this year was done within the two weeks of sales after Christmas last year. Those are amazing people. 
How you sit on gifts for a year without giving them away is beyond me. But we've all got a different system, but the fact of the matter is the systems are really pretty much all the same. What presents are you going to buy for the people who you're on, on your list? We start with a list. We start thinking about what they might like, what they've said they might want, how much are you going to spend, and then in the end we kind of say, forget the budget, let's just show them how much we love them and get what we want. Spend the money and show it, we tell ourselves. Gifts have become really big business in America. In America, somehow we've bought into this idea that how much we love someone is shown by how much we spend on gifts. But, of course, that's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? In fact, I read that this year Americans are supposed to spend more on holiday shopping than we've ever spent in the past $950 billion. Average American household is going to spend more money than they've spent in the last few years. So apparently people are feeling a lot more financially comfortable than I was aware of. And yet despite this frivolous generosity, I wonder how much do we think about being generous to God's gift to us? How much do we think about God in the middle of all of that? Do do you see God as being generous to you? See, the fact that you're here on Christmas Eve tells me that you know something about what the day is really all about. See, we're here to celebrate a birthday. It's the birthday of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, God's only son. And so when you realize that gift that God has given you, do you feel generous in return to God or not? Maybe you're one of those folks that that generosity is kind of a one-way street. You expect the generosity to flow from heaven, then what you do in, in response is, well, you send back more requests. That's kind of America. That's kind of what we've, we've told ourselves. Well, today we're here to celebrate God's generosity in the greatest gift ever given, how God is still at work in the world. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift, that inexpressible, undescribable gift is the gift of his only son, Jesus. And as incomprehensibly generous as that gift is, so many people still today ignore it. They just completely ignore the gift of Jesus that was given for them. So think about it for a moment then. What, what was the best gift, gift you ever got in your life? What is the one gift you'll never forget? Maybe it was jewelry. Maybe it was a vacation or a trip you've always wanted to take. Maybe it was a car. Maybe it was something that your kids made by hand just for you. Whatever it was, you remember receiving it. You remember getting that gift and you remember who you got it from. Not only do you remember it, but you probably took really good care of it. Because it seems that those most valuable to us of gifts are ones whose value to us is much greater than its price tag. See, the the thing about those gifts is that when you get one of them, the giver knew you. They knew who you were and what you would like, and they put thought into it because they care about it. It doesn't matter the price tag. What matters is that those folks knew who you were. See, most of us are told as kids, and I think it comes at the peak of our childhood selfishness. We're told this phrase, it's better to give than receive. I was pretty convinced as a kid after I'd heard that a few times that the Christmas movie got it wrong. Bah humbug was actually the response to that. Better to give than receive? You've got to be kidding me. It's better to get. Getting is what Christmas is all about, right? I was pretty sure bah humbug was all about the response to that phrase. But then, you know, I, I figured it came from adults that had never really wanted anything. 
It must come from people who had never been through a catalog or, or seen somebody else's bike or, or really have their heart set on something for Christmas. Better to give than receive. Come on. We want to get, which is why we've turned Christmas into gifts that are all about us. When Christmas is really all about the gift that God gave to all of us. But then we grow up a little bit and we realize that there really is truth to that. That it's fun to get things from people who really know you and who care about you. But the idea of putting some time and effort and thought and maybe some of your own money into getting something for someone actually could fill us with joy. There was joy in giving. Maybe our parents were right after all. But do you find joy in the gift of Jesus at Christmas or is it just an excuse to do all of the things that we do? See, now as adults, I think that we remember the gifts that we've given that actually cost us something. We had to save for them. We had to plan for them. Maybe we had to give something that we wanted up. The gift that cost us something, those are the ones that we remember giving. And when we realize what the gift cost the giver, the sacrifice that they made for us, the value of it goes up so much more. See, some of the least costly are the most heartfelt gifts, and they're the most valuable because because they truly come from the heart of the person who gave it to us. Maybe there was no price tag involved at all. But the message that was on the card or the kid's picture or painting or the heart that gave it to you told you everything. But at Christmas, we think about what we're going to get and we think about what we're going to give. As a kid, I always wanted to be a cowboy. I still wish I was a cowboy. If you talk to my horses, they'll tell you I'm definitely not a cowboy. But I want to be. I wanted to be a cowboy like my cousin Dave. He's older than me. Dave was the real deal. Dave trained horses, and he showed horses, and he traveled with horses. And everywhere he went, it was like they threw him ribbons and trophies because he was so good with his horses. He could ride like nobody else I knew, and he could rope. That's a real cowboy. That was my cousin Dave. And I knew that I wasn't going to get to have a horse, but I loved riding horses. And so what I did in my my uh, childish way, was I set my eyes and my sights on the next best thing. Johnny West and his horse, Lightning. Now, Johnny West was a a Western action figure, and Lightning was about this big, but that was what I wanted. I could live out my cowboy dreams through Johnny West and Lightning. And I knew it was too expensive to even hope for it. And I think that I, I, I was so subtle in dropping hints to my mom and dad and everybody else that would listen that I probably look back on it, and I was like little Ralphie in the Christmas story. Remember him, the guy that wanted the Daisy Red Rider carbine repeater BB gun? You know, the one that might shoot his eye out? Everybody knew that I wanted Johnny West and Lightning. Well, that year for Christmas, we did what we usually do, and we went north because that's where mom and dad's families are both from. And we were at Dave's house, his mom and dad's house, my aunt and uncle. And the night was over. All the gifts had been given. It was all done. We were going to get something to eat. And I hadn't gotten Johnny West and Lightning. I didn't really expect it. I knew I wouldn't. And then my aunt says, oh, hey, there's one more present behind the tree. Steve, it's for you. Well, did I have to think about opening it? Of course not. I ripped it open. Guess what was in it? Johnny West and Lightning. Everything I'd ever wanted. There it was. But the thing is, 50 years later, that cowboy action figure and horse are long since gone. But 50 years later, I remember that gift. Because I remember how much they must have sacrificed to get that for me. 
I don't know why it was so important to me. I guess I could live out this this life that I really wanted to have in some way through the that guy and his horse. But you know what? My aunt and uncle, they didn't care about that. They just knew that it was important to me. Fifty years later, I still remember what must have been an incredible sacrifice on their part. And Christmas, as I've come to know, is really all about sacrifice. Not how much you can buy expensive presents. That's not it at all. See, you're here today in some way honoring and recognizing the sacrifice that God made in sending Jesus to earth. That's what Christmas is all about. It isn't a birthday the way that we usually celebrate because this child's life wasn't going to go the way mom ever would have wanted it to. See, we're here recognizing the gift that God gave us in Jesus cost God dearly. I can't imagine God would ever, ever, ever throughout all of eternity forget the day that Jesus left heaven to be born on earth. That was costly. It says in the Gospel of John, the third chapter, 16th verse, God sent his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. I don't think God will ever forget what the people of this world did with that gift. See, you and I and and people very much like us took the life of his precious son for no reason other than our pride and sinfulness. We took God's gift, his only son, and we ended his life. It wasn't enough that people denied Jesus. It wasn't enough that they refused him. It wasn't enough that they did not accept him for who, who he was. No, human sin went so far that they went all the way to killing him. And that shows the true depth of the darkness that's possible in a human heart. And yet John 3.17 says that God sent Jesus not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. See, despite people rejecting Jesus, God refused to give up on us. God refused to give up on you. God simply refused to let us go. See, God saw his only son crucified at the hands of sinful people when he had done nothing wrong. And then God brought Jesus back to new life. See, Jesus didn't deserve to die for us. Jesus willingly died for us. And God brought him him back to life. And in that miracle, God gives us the opportunity for eternal life. We call that God's gift of salvation. See, here's the thing. Jesus wasn't just born to this group of people in this little village called Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. That would have been very short-sighted of God, but God is not short-sighted. God was thinking of eternity in that moment. He wasn't thinking about just Jesus' birth or just his life or even his horrible death. God was thinking about eternity, specifically your eternity. And because of the sacrifice of God's gift to us, eternity is a real possibility for us. See, see, the greatest gift that God ever gave humanity was the gift of his only son, Jesus. And Jesus came with a purpose. And Jesus' purpose was to save you from your sin. Jesus came with a promise, a promise of eternal life. And Jesus came to fulfill prophecies from hundreds of years earlier to prove that his life and his death and his resurrection was not a coincidence. To prove that God really existed because he came to earth. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father. We want to think that we're going to spend all this time and buy the perfect Christmas gift. I thought Johnny West and Lightning were going to be the perfect Christmas gift. And I have learned in the 50 years that followed that Jesus is the perfect Christmas gift. 
See, when God gave us Jesus, God knew the only way, when God sent Jesus to earth to be born, God knew the only way that he was going to see his son in his heavenly home again was to watch him die before he came home. That's sacrifice. That's a gift that costs something. That's love. That's love that came with a tremendous price tag. And that's how much God loves you. God loves you so much that he did not withhold his only son from dying for you. Romans 5, 8 says that God showed his love this way, that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. So even if you don't believe in Jesus as the Son of God, he still died for you. Wherever you are on that spectrum of faith, Jesus died for you. God sent Jesus to earth for you. God didn't send Jesus so that we could go on a December shopping bender and maxing out credit cards and spoiling people with presents. They probably could care less. Jesus to save us. Not from somebody out there, but from ourselves. God sent us Jesus to save us from our sins. And in order to do that, God had to lose Jesus to death. But God didn't withhold that. God gave us all this gift of Jesus, and still people, since the day of Jesus' arrival 2,000 years ago, have refused God's gift, have returned the gift of Jesus unopened, unaccepted, and unappreciated. What I've never understood is why, if you've heard the story, would someone reject the perfect gift that God has given us in Jesus? If you're here today and you've heard the story, if you've heard the the biblical passage about who God is and about Jesus coming to earth and then dying for you, and you still don't believe, my question is why? What more do you need God to do for you? It's like having a gift like this and and the two on the tag says to you with your name and from is God and letting that gift just sit under the tree. It was one thing that Johnny West and Lightning had been tucked away under the tree that I wasn't supposed to find. But Jesus is a gift that every one of us has an opportunity to open. And yet every year, all too often, I meet people who just simply say, no, thank you. I'm not interested. And they leave that gift to them unopened. What more do you need God to do for you? See, today what we're really doing is celebrating Jesus' birthday. The day that God gave his only son that we might see and understand in human form, just like you and I, and then have a written record for all of time that God is real and that God wants to spend all of eternity with you. And to make that point clear, he sent us his son who went all the way to death for you and I to make that eternity a possibility. See, Jesus, God's only son, is God's way of showing the people of this world how much he loves us. And how much he wants to spend his eternity with you. So, if you don't believe in Jesus, if you've heard the stories and you just say, you know what, it's not for me, please don't let another Christmas pass. Don't let another Christmas pass with all the stuff that we fill it with and miss the point that's the greatest point of all, God's gift of Jesus. Don't don't leave Jesus unopened and unaccepted. See, when God sent Jesus to earth, He sent Jesus to earth with your name written on his heart. That was the whole point. Not that you were going to work hard enough or do good enough or live a life that was sinful on your own. That just isn't realistic. See, Jesus is God's gift of immeasurable value. And there's no way that you'd leave a present with your name on the tag, unopened under a tree, if you knew 
that it was something that would change not just your life, but your eternity. You wouldn't leave it there. You'd open it. So don't leave Jesus in the manger unwelcomed and rejected by you. So I've done this at the first two services. I'm going to do it here. We'll try it again and see if it works. I know this isn't Midwestern, and I know it isn't Minnesotan, but I'm going to ask you to play along. Will you play along with me for just a moment? Okay, four of you will. This will be fun. Uh, first service, we had some guy with a big voice say, yes, in about the fourth row. He answered for everybody. You four, you're just the ones playing along. No, all of you. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Understand what Christmas really is. Christmas is about God's gift of Jesus to you. So how about you try saying, Jesus is God's gift to me. Jesus is God's gift to me. Even if you don't believe that, even if you don't believe in him, it doesn't make it untrue. Even if you say, you know what, I'm here because mom and dad or my husband or my wife or whoever wants me to be here, thank you for being here because this is the most important thing you might ever hear in your life. Jesus is God's gift to you. Whatever you might do with your life, whatever you might give to other people, whatever you might decide, that one thing will change your forever. Say it again. Jesus is God's gift to me. You let that settle in for a moment, that changes everything. That changes everything. It changes your today and your tomorrow and your forever. Jesus is God's gift to you. So now what are you going to do with that gift? What will you do with Jesus? What will you do? Let's pray. God, thank you for the immeasurable, completely incomprehensible gift of your son Jesus. You sent your son Jesus into a world of people just like us, people who were sinners. People who you knew would reject him, deny him, refuse him, who ultimately would kill him. God, we're not here because we're perfect people. We're here because we're sinners and we realize that you're a perfect God. Help us to understand, God, in a way that only your Holy Spirit can help us understand. It isn't about who we are or what we do. It's about who you are and what you did for us. And what you did was you sent us the gift of your son, Jesus. God, help us to hear that, to understand that, and to accept that. You sent Jesus to be born on earth and to die for us, and all that he asks in return is that we live for him. God, thank you for the gift of Jesus this Christmas. Amen.